1: Well, this week, I am with Kobe Ellison, the curator at the National Museum of Transportation, which is based here in St. Louis. Uh, And you were saying that it was founded in 1944. Why here? Well, we're standing in front of the West Barrett's Tunnel, one of the oldest tunnels west of the Mississippi River.
0: This was the main line from St. Louis to Kansas City. But this would have been, you know,
1: ideal to bring equipment on here. How did it become the National Museum of Transportation?
0: Well, one of the, one of those founders that I mentioned, uh, he was a doctor for the Missouri Pacific Railroad. What was happening during the late 40s, especially, is that there was that transition between steam and diesel-electric. And so he used his connections to contact these other railroad executives and presidents around the country. And as these steam locomotives were going to scrap yards, he was able to then convince them to give a locomotive or a piece of rail equipment to the museum. And so we have rail equipment from all over the country. And we have several what we call sole survivors. They're the only one left. Yeah, And uh, that's, you know, something else that we're kind of proud of is that... You know people come here because they want to see a specific locomotive because this is the only place
1: they're going to see it well i really appreciate that driver eight is playing right now by yeah. rem and the train conductor says right this this, <laughs> this whole playlist is all transportation related oh, we have crazy that.
0: train we have <laughs> of course i want to ride my bicycle we have <laughs> it's all transportation
1: now we're standing in front of the eagle a passenger car Give me the background on this thing.
0: Okay. Uh, this was one of two train sets that were built before World War II. It, it was a streamlined set, so all the cars were painted in the same scheme. Then it had the locomotive, everything. Uh, it
1: wasn't just a mismatch of, of a train. Well, the chairs look like they could be in your living room. I yeah. mean, they're like, like they swivel. Uh, they look really comfortable, like a lazy boy almost.
0: <laughs> and, well, you notice, too, by every chair is an ashtray. <laughs> yeah. And you see all these pictures, these promotional oh, pictures when it was built. It was built by the American Car and Foundry uh, company here in St. Louis area. And uh, all the promotional and commercial photo, like you know, to promote it. Everybody's smoking cigarettes <laughs> and pipes and the whole thing. And when we restored this car, the ceiling had been
1: preserved by cigarette smoke. You're kidding me. <laughs> it was like this brown film. That's about the only thing cigarette smoke is good for. (laughs) Preserving train car ceiling.
0: (laughs) But uh, Harry Truman used... There's a drawing room in here. It's like your own private quarters. This was a private business car. Corporations, rich individuals. Uh, This was actually in the movie Truman. We had a running steam locomotive at the time that uh, that movie was being filmed, and they took this car over to Kansas City area, North Liberty area. And they used it for that very famous photo of Truman that he's holding the newspaper. It says, Dewey, <laughs> Dewey. Truman. yeah. And so that's what they used this car to about that? Uh, simulate that.
1: Well, now we're standing in front of a huge train that has a rotor on the front of it. And you said this is a snowplow? Yeah, you know, like a snowblower. Um, but the motor inside the
0: snowplow didn't propel the engine You needed at least three more engines behind it to push it. On the top there, you can shift the different chute so you can have it project off the right or project off the left, depending on
1: how and where you wanted the snow to go. So it would be just blasting snow off the track? Is that the whole idea? Yep. It's wild looking. It looks like something out of a science fiction movie. You can go on
0: YouTube, there's videos of it on YouTube. Okay. It's used primarily in the upper plains areas. Yeah. This is a C-47 transport plane. Uh, Within the last year or so, we found out some really cool history about this plane. It had been suspect, but never confirmed that this plane was actually used in D-Day. And Holy cow. A volunteer found the original pilot's daughter that lived in Colorado, and she was able to give him a wealth of information that both he had saved, he's since passed and that uh, she knew and shared some really great stories, but confirmed that this was
1: actually used in D-Day and then the rest of the war. That's a remarkable piece of history to have here in St. Louis. Yeah. It's called the Goonie Bird. The Goonie Bird, they were
0: uh, considered a workhorse and there were thousands made. And uh, like I said, they were primarily transport, uh, whether that be equipment or people. Uh, ironically enough, the guy who flew this plane, was trained as a fighter pilot, but got stuck basically as a airlift truck driver. Right. So so (laughs) So, this
1: is kind of like a smaller version of a C-130 type plane that's dedicated to transporting things. Right,
0: right. Um, Yeah, I was told also they were used to haul the wounded, things like that, to various hospitals. There were nurses that were would be on there with the the various, you know, soldiers. So Kobe, what's your background? How did you get into this? Actually, my academic background is art. I have an undergraduate degree in printmaking and a master's in ceramic sculpture. <laughs> um, when I was living in Tucson, I worked for a company uh, using my art skills to build uh, like aquariums and zoo uh, features and museum exhibits. We moved here and didn't have jobs and my wife saw that they were looking for a restoration technician and you needed to know how to weld you needed to know different paint systems basic carpentry and all that stuff well i had all that and so i applied uh, and basically ran the restoration shop and then the opportunity came up uh, a year or so later to be the curator as well and so that's how i got it got into the. The museum business, I guess.
1: Since you're not collecting a lot of new, old things, (laughs) uh, what does a curator do on a daily basis?
0: Uh, Field questions, like I'm doing with you right now. Uh, Research. Uh, I'm continuously planning on the next exhibit. The next exhibit that will be in the visitor center down below opens in March. It's from horse to horseless. We have a lot of horse Artifacts that haven't been on exhibit since I've been here that are really cool out in our storage facility, and i am then concentrating on uh, the early automobile up to about 1910 when there were still people on horses and then sharing the road with cars, and I thought that was kind of a neat juxtaposition, so constantly looking at exhibits, things like that.
1: At this point, we moved on from the planes and trains and into the cool car room. All these cars were built here in St. Louis. Uh, we had
0: Big 3 as well uh, But these are smaller, kind of boutique The Doris, which is kind of the more famous one And Moons We were second to Detroit in automobile manufacturing Up until the 1930s or so
1: The early days The early days, yeah <laughs> Over here we have, obviously, more modern cars Wow, some of these are crazy Yeah, these the-
0: are two uh, electrics from uh, 1984 This one's basically a glorified golf cart it claims that you could go 45 miles an hour, but the only way that would happen is if you had someone pushing you from behind. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it does look. It, like it, it car. runs though. Uh, when we got it, uh, we charged it up and ran it around the grounds for a while. You know, then you have another electric car here too.
1: Now this is a Bradley. Right. I was going to say it looked like it looks like a DeLorean. Well, with the, the, the wing back wing, ba- wing doors. doors
0: yeah you can see in 1984 it was $28,000, so it wasn't a cheap car
1: now I, I would say this would be the precursor to the tesla right yeah. considering the price right. and the way it looks right. looks like a sports car yep here's a solar car that's a solar car yeah it looks like a
0: boat uh this actually um was used in a race in the australian outback principia college is uh, just on the other side of the river. And it's kind of known as a small little liberal arts college. And as kind of an extracurricular, they started getting into these solar car races. They're competing against RALA. They're competing against MIT. They're competing against these big
1: universities. A solar car, and it it looks like a speedboat on wheels. Um, So this is a produce truck here that would deliver. I assume.
0: Yep, yep, go through the neighborhood, would have a bell, uh, sometimes they had a whistle.
1: I love that you can, they have windows, so you can see all the produce and the eggs, the watermelon, Right. Like you can see what's in there. Right. And they would get inside, and you would actually buy it inside, and you could take your money. That's like a farmer's market on wheels. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Food truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to use the modern expression.
0: Big flagship pieces of the collection.
1: This is a Chrysler turbine car.
0: And uh, Chrysler in the 60s uh, created this program where they were kind of touting uh, f- fuel alternatives and things like that, and they created a turbine engine placed in a car. They only made them for a few years. And I, see, I see a video with Jay Leno driving right. it. Yeah, he tried to buy this one. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Uh, there's only eight of them left. Uh, there were 50 originally made. People think it looks like a Thunderbird, and that's because the guy who designed the Thunderbirds in previous years left and went to Chrysler and kind of took some of these stylings for this car.
1: And that color, they don't make that it's color called anymore. Turban
0: bronze. Turban bronze, yep. really? Yep. That,
1: that's a good description. And uh,
0: this is the only one on public view that actually runs. Chrysler still has one that runs. Jay Leno got his <laughs> from Chrysler. They had two. And then we have this one. How about that? And
1: <laughs> it'll run on anything flammable.
0: We run on anything flammable. We run ours on kerosene. Uh, one did a tour through Europe, and uh, when it was in Paris, they ran on Chanel number
1: 5. Are you serious? Yeah. They ran on Ch- on perfume?
0: Yeah, perfume. <laughs> and uh, supposedly the president of Mexico had one, and he ran his on tequila. <laughs> of course he did. Right, right. <laughs> I had that car appraised about five years ago and appraised at $1.5 million. I can I can see that. And what about this one over here? Now, this is the Bobby Darren Dream Car. Uh, designed by a clothing designer in Detroit. He uh, oh, decided, he and his neighbors uh, kind of got together. His neighbor, One of his neighbors was a, a designer for Chrysler, and he said, let's come up with this car. It took seven years to build. In the process, he had to remortgage his house. He eventually took a job at a nightclub, and he became really good friends with the singer, later actor, Bobby Darin. He showed the car to Bobby Darin, and Bobby Darin said, if I ever make it, I want to buy that car, mm-hmm. and so Bobby Darren did acquire it later, and would take it around the country on tour. Uh, it's been in a couple of movies.
1: I was going to say it looks like the Batmobile, or do people think the Jetsons. Okay, yeah, but actually, it was Across. before the
0: before the Jetsons, and so there's some speculations that maybe the Jetsons was well, inspired by this. I can see that it was it was back in the day in the
1: '60s. It would go around to different car shows. It was in magazines. I mean, yeah. It's just wild looking and the steering wheel looks futuristic even now it looks like it's got rockets on the front of it. (laughs) I mean this is a hell of a car right here. (laughs) What do you think is the value of this museum to the St. Louis region? Oh I think it's extremely valuable. Unfortunately there's a lot of
0: people here in St. Louis that don't even know we're here and we get people from all over the world. We had people from forty-eight states this year, and we had I think like thirty-two countries, something like that. Uh, but yeah, there are people in St. Louis. So where do you work? I say the National Museum of Transportation, and they "Where's that?"
1: <laughs> it's right here, near Kirkwood. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. one of the things. I, that's one of the reasons I do this segment is because not from St. Louis originally. There's so many things here that are wonderful that people don't know about. This is one of them. I had never been here, but it's been on my radar since I moved here. I was like, I've got to get out there. And then finally I said, this is the week. And well, I just called you. And Yep, there we are. I'm glad that you answered and, and gave me the opportunity to see all this. I really appreciate it. Hey,
0: no problem. And uh, welcome everybody to come back. We're uh, open Wednesday through Sunday, 9 to 4. Uh, we'll start our spring hours in March. Where we'll be open seven days a week, 9 to 4. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, come out to the National Museum of Transportation. You won't regret it.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone fifteens, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone fifteens? You spend over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone fifteens on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.